Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. There is a place where time stands still. Where nature is harsh and demanding. Where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. And good morning, it is. It's Annie for Showreel, a look at the Australian film industry. We've got two films to look at this morning, uh, one called Slant. The other is a, a film called Suka. We're going to be listening to uh, a chat I had with the two directors of the two films. Slant just recently won the uh, uh, best film at the Monster Fest, so you can get a general idea of the uh, great uh, and bloody outcomes of that film. And uh, the other is a a film called Suka, and it was uh, shot in uh, Western Sydney, and it's an action drama. So uh, we're into genre today. So we'll start off with uh, Slant and the director, James Vinson. So this is your uh, feature directorial debut, is that right? Am I correct? Yes, that is correct. This is the, the first feature film uh, that I've directed. Yeah, and you've done other things, so you've, uh, but you're a writer, director, and you've had other experiences. Can you talk about that first? Yeah, so um, I've uh, been making short films uh, ever, just out of high school and ever since uh, 2010. I've been making short films uh, all the way through uni um, on the side where I could. Uh, and in 2019, uh, directed my first um, onstage production, Lobby Hero, by Kenneth Lonergan, uh, which was uh, my first major collaboration with Monique Fisher, who is our wonderful producer on Slant. I've also worked in, in television, worked on uh, Netflix, ABC co-production Glitch, um, and more recently-ish Wentworth in the uh, the writer's department as a, as a script coordinator. So, yeah, a, a diversity of, of, of roles um, that's, that's led me ultimately here. So it must be really quite fantastic to have the freedom of a feature film to play with. Absolutely. You know, this has always been the, the dream ever, ever since I was seven and wanted to, to make films. Every step was, was made to have the freedom to, to make a feature, you know, just how I wanted it. Um, inspired by all the films that made me fall in, fall in love with film. So, yeah, it, it's been a tremendous uh, privilege to, to be able to, to make a film like Slant. And so how did you fall onto the script by Michael Niku? Because it's a wild and woolly adventure, really, Slant. Yeah, it, it is a wild and brilliant adventure, and, and Michael is a wild and brilliant person. Um, Michael and I have been very good friends uh, since high school. We, we did drama together. You know, we were both, you know, acting in our year 12 ensembles together. 
And um, as I was pursuing my path in, in directing films, Michael was pursuing his path in acting. And we did collaborate, you know, a little bit here and there. And, you know, I would, I would help work on his, his show reels and stuff like that. And as a result, you know, when he started to write, I, I took a keen interest in that because, you know, I, I, I could tell that he, he had a real spark in him and he really wanted to, to express himself in that way beyond just his acting. So I was quite close with him even when just the, the kernels of the idea of Slant came about. So I, I, I had the privilege to see the, the scripts grow and grow and grow. Um, so by the time it was, you know, a feature script, it started off as a short film script. By the time it was longer, I already knew quite intimately, you know, what he was trying to say with it. And so it was a, a fairly much a no-brainer when he asked me to direct it. I wasn't you know, completely surprised. Yeah, well, uh, we should let um, listeners realise that um, it, it recently won the best film in Monster Fest, and uh, on another, mm. uh, in another sense, uh, giving people an idea of uh, the tone of the film, it reminded me a little bit of uh, elements of the modern Finey Fisher because it's a it's a who done it, mm. but but a thriller at the same time, as well as a bloodbath. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we were very much inspired by, you know, whodunits and thrillers, you know, from Scream uh, to, you know, Aussie classics like Proof, which is not necessarily a whodunit, but it has kind of psychological thriller elements. And yeah, Franny Fishers is obviously, you know, a very fun one, you know, riffing off, you know, the classics uh, like, you know, Gosford Park and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, we, we always found that audiences, ourselves included, you know, can't resist um, a, a multi-layered mystery, you know, where you look at the canvas of characters, because this is a real ensemble film, and you think, oh man, any one of these people could have done it, you know? One of the strengths, and this goes to the talents of both the writer, the actor, and the director in all of you, is the plot twists and the comic character development. Uh, the characters mm. are you give them a lot of room and there's some rather tasty elements in their comic performance. Yeah. Well, some of my background in directing has actually, funnily enough, been doing um, uh, clown work. Um, so I've, I've been working with uh, this uh, great um, clown uh, acting mentor, Fabio Motta, uh, which is, is not maybe typically how you would imagine um, clowning, but it's very much about kind of unlocking, you know, your inner child, your inner innocence, and really being able to to play. Uh, so on the writing side, you know, Michael always wanted to do a really strong ensemble script where actors really got to sink their teeth into, you know, a proper arc. So we wanted to make sure that all of our characters, even if they were a bit silly, had a lot of humanity to show. Um, but then when it came to being on set, my style in terms of directing was to really give the actors as many opportunities to just loosen up and try something really wild and come at it from an innocent uh, desire just to play, even just to fail. And I think that energy on set allowed some of the more heightened comedy to, to really play uh, because I think the actors were comfortable enough to, to take real risks um, in, in the comedy especially. Yeah, and it's got an element of that film Knives Out, I'll have to say, which actually did really well because as an ensemble mm. cast, you've got some great actors, haven't you? 
some royalty, Australian yeah. royalty. We do, we do. We have we have Australian uh, royalty Sigrid Thornton, an icon in her own right. We have the wonderful El Mandalas as Kay Coppolis. We have Pierre Miranda uh, from uh, from Search for Alibrandi, and we, we have some also some some uh, recent up and comers as well. We've got um, Shannon Berry from The Wilds and Kate Lister as well. So we were blessed. Oh, and Ra Chapman as well. Ra Chapman, I can't forget, um, of Wentworth and now has her own show. Um, and has also had amazing success in the theatre scene in Malthouse with her own show, K-pop. So, yeah, as I was saying, we were blessed to have such a great uh, cast um, with such diverse talents as well. They, they brought, each of them brought something uniquely theirs uh, to the film. So, you know, I, I couldn't be happier with with our cast and just allowing them to do what they do best. Yeah, yeah, I thought so too. And and you recently done some screenings, uh, you know, pre-screenings really, to get a feel of people's reactions. So can you tell me how that went? Yeah, it's always a, a scary thing, you know, having uh, sat with a film for so long and lovingly crafting it and then, you know, putting it out there and, and seeing what audiences feel because then, you know, it becomes theirs. It's no longer yours, it's the audience's. And the reactions were fantastic. People really, I think Australians in particular, really understood the uh, the Australiana camp comedy aspect of it. And um, there's a lot of 90s nostalgia in there as well. And I think people really responded to that that combination. Um, some people, for them, it reminded them of the uh, the good old days of Ozploitation cinema, which was definitely a reference point for us. Slant is a little bit of a resurgence of that period in the 80s going into the 90s as well. And so we were thrilled because, you know, we wanted to make something that wasn't completely safe. Um, it, it definitely does touch on other successful films with precedents like Knives Out, but we wanted to make something, you know, uniquely uh, wild and Australian in, in a way that only Australia can do it. Um, and we're so glad that that risk seemed to pay off and that people have really uh, embraced that, um, Australian audiences in particular. Yeah, it's it's lighthearted, but then it's got a vile twist at the end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is great. Yeah, we're not afraid to be a little dark. You yeah. Know? We, don't, we don't sugarcoat it. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> pretty sure. amazing. It must have been quite, quite good fun doing that last piece. Um, have you showed it overseas at all? We have showed it internally overseas. Um, it's actually about to be screened um, in, in London uh, for the London Australia Film Society. Uh, we've actually had one screening just the other week and there'll be another one this coming uh, week. Um, and yeah, the, the Brits have, have loved it too. The, it's, it's interesting. It has like, it's translated well enough to America, but I think the, uh, the Brits and the Aussies really you know, key into that, to that blend, as you say, of, of lighthearted comedy and darkness. It's, 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 a, it's a, a taste that is particularly acquired uh, to, to those countries, I think, in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we, of course, there's a Q&A at Nova on the 5th of... Um, yes. So people should run along to that. And you're doing a major city uh, theatrical opening on August the 12th. Uh, the only city it's not at is Darwin, I can see. Yes, that's true. So, yeah, we have our Nova screening on the 5th, uh, which is a Q&A. It'll be our last Q&A in Melbourne. So if you want to come say hi, I'll be there, uh, as will lead Michael Niku and uh, Sigrid Thornton. 
And then, yes, we have a more general release uh, available in Australia nationwide October 12th. Yeah, and in Melbourne it's showing at the Lido. That's correct, yes, Lido and Hawthorne. Yeah. Thanks very much for talking to me, James, and good luck. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. There you go. That was it. That was uh, Slant, James Vinson, the uh, director, and as he said, it is on... Uh, it's playing at Nova uh, tonight uh, with a Q&A and then later with a theatrical release at the Lido. You're with Annie on Showreel on 3CR. This is Nicholas Verso, the writer-director of Boys in the Trees. You're listening to 3CR Showreel. Yes, and we're going to now go to the second film that we're featuring today and that is called Suka and uh, it is... Uh, directed by uh, Heidi Lee Douglas and it's written by Shan Shan Chambers. Uh, I'll let uh, Heidi tell you more about what it's about. It's an action drama and it's set in Western Sydney. So the genres uh, here are are king and queen today. G'day. Hi, Annie. Thanks for taking the time. You've got a fascinating background, your history, uh, filmmaking history. Can you give my listeners some understanding of uh, your filmic trajectory? So I have a long background in making social change documentaries. Um, So that includes a a documentary called Defendant 5 that was on ABC and broadcast with Al Jazeera around the world to 260 million homes worldwide. That was actually an autobiographical documentary about my experience as a filmmaker getting caught up in a massive court case to protect Tasmania's forests. Um, But I've also made two elevated genre shorts. So uh, I like to call them eco-feminist horror, (laughs) which is a a special little sub-niche, but that have played uh, very successfully around the world in the top genre film festivals. And I've also made music videos and TV ads and, yeah, uh, quite wide-ranging, but everything I make has some sort of impact or social change Uh, reason behind it, as well as wanting it to be entertaining first and foremost. Mm. Well, this particular one, Suka, uh, one uh, is uh, set in Western Sydney, which is giving us a completely different view of Western Sydney, but also majority of the people in it are are, are from Asian backgrounds and uh, it's a remake or a re-look at uh, the... um, Romeo and Juliet. So tell me about this particular genre because it's got a very strong sense of Hong Kongese action drama to me. Yeah, so I uh, love action films, but I particularly like ones that are grounded in like a thriller kind of uh, feel. Um, like I, I was a big fan of Kill Bill back in the day. I love the strong female protagonists kicking ass, the diverse um the diverse casting as well there um, and the sense of humour uh, that, that Kill Bill had. Um, and then, you know, I also loved Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Like as a, you know, as an audience member, I love the strong female protagonist there and, and the really elevated action sequences. So when Sushan was the producer and writer, creator of this project, Sushan, Sushan Chambers was looking for a director I had just made a, a horror short, Devil Woman, that had action sequences in it 
I it was the first time I'd worked with a, a stunt coordinator and I was exposed to a lot of genre films from around the world at different film festivals that I'd been to as I'd been traveling Devil Woman around and I I just love genre films you know and and that yes is an elevator a horror part but also this action noir thriller kind of subset so um I was really excited to be attached to it. That was five years ago. I was attached as a director. And then Sushan uh, had a, a young writer, Lily Chang, who's a Chinese-Russian background from Western Sydney. So we worked in development over five years on this project and it had different shapes. It shape-shifted along the way but ended up as this feature project, which is just about to be released. Yeah, yeah. And um, it must be great for all these actors because they all actually get really good meaty roles. Yeah, the actors are just so excited about Sukha. I mean, we have some fantastic actors in the mix here, like Grace Huang, uh, we have Jenny Wu, uh, Paul He. Like they're all really top-notch actors who um, haven't necessarily had a chance to be a lead actor before. Uh, I think from what they've told me, you know, being an Asian actor, quite a bit of typecasting, um, you know, secondary roles, not a chance to really shine on screen, you know, and so not as a lead role at least. So for a lot of them this is the first time that they've been a lead role in a feature film and that is just an incredibly exciting thing for anyone in their career, but especially somebody who has been marginalised. Oh, yeah, and I noticed that most of these people are very experienced actors. Oh, yeah, they are. And they've been on big uh, Hollywood films like Paul He was in Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings with a speaking part. You know, they they were prof consummate professionals. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I must say that uh, Ethan Brown's in there and uh, you actually must be a very good director because on Home and Away he's very wooden, but in this he does a much more nuanced performance, which was nice to see. Oh, great. Well, yeah, I mean... Um, Ethan was a lot of fun to work with and he is one of the only like white faces in the in the film um and he has quite a journey to make and some of the moments are quite comedic as well that he has to he actually experienced it was great great watching it with a live audience at the live premiere on Saturday night and and getting their reactions you know the excitement the laughs uh it was uh, a very uh warm audience but it was very lively and it really just was so ex excellent to see how entertaining the film is you know like yes we have a diverse cast and, and there's a like a whole um, you know, social change ethos behind the production. But if a film's not entertaining, well, then it's not successful. And so I'm really excited that the film is is what it needs to be. It's entertaining. Well, it is. It is entertaining. And I have to say, one of the standouts is the uh, person who plays the uh, daughter. What an evil character she is. The one Well, that's great. Yeah, <laughs> she's a really good actor. She is so much fun to work with, Grace. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Grace Huang. And uh, I love making baddies. Like, I really do like a good baddie. Um, all of my shorts, the baddies are kind of centre stage to, to a large degree. So, yeah, she uh, really embraced being the baddie. <laughs> yeah, she did. Not that any anybody else uh, put a, a, a step wrong. It was actually really quite entertaining and interesting film, I'll have to say. Um, what, where Where is it going to go to? Where are you putting it? 
So the film is just about to be released on video on demand uh, on the 4th of October uh, on Google, YouTube, iTunes, Fetch, Sky and Amazon. And then it's also going to be broadcast on a major broadcaster in Australia as well. So that's exciting. And we have an interactive offering. Oh, yes, I want to know about this. This is such a great yeah. idea. Tell me. So the film, the... The film is largely about the choices that we make. So we, it's a yes, it is framed within a Romeo and Juliet sort of frame of uh, uh, two lovers who don't know their family backstory from warring families that uh, fall in love and then have to kind of navigate this really complex crime world and try and break free from the lineal um, gangster world that they've inherited. Um, so it's it is about the choices that we make, and so Sushan Chambers, the producer, thought, well, let's make an interactive version that actually where the audience gets to makes makes choices as well, and see where those choices end up. So that's a, a, a additional offering that we'll be making to the audiences where they can um, watch the feature film, but then go and, and play around with this interactive version online, and it was like a great idea quite challenging to shoot because we shot the whole thing in three weeks and so we were shooting in parallel a feature and an interactive web series at the same time with lots of action sequences sex sequences heaps of night sequences lots of locations you know low budget so it was an ambitious shoot yeah (laughs) but I think um you know we're doing something really groundbreaking Oh, I think you are too. And we should say that uh, uh, Shushan is a, a lead in the film as well. She also was a lead character in the film. So she was producing and acting. Um, yeah, big, like, yeah, she's a hardworking producer and a, and a visionary producer. Yeah, sure is. Um, this interactive uh, uh, web series that you've got, did uh, was how did you handle the edit of the feature versus the web series? I mean, were there two teams working on two different p- projects for you? No, it was all the same team. <laughs> yeah, so um, we made choices about the feature length version of what parts of those choices would end up being the feature version. So in the alternate version, there's things that you don't see in the feature version, basically, like choices that the characters make that are not part of the the singular narrative arc that you would normally have with a feature. Yeah, well, you, oh, well, that actually tells you something about the intimacy of the narrative form of a a, a game as, versus a narrative form for a feature, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I've got two minutes to go. So is there anything I should have asked you that you ha- I haven't? Well, I'd like to know, like, what you thought. I mean, we well, we really tried to create an elevated world in Sydney, in Western Sydney, uh, a, a world that we don't get to see on Australian screens. And I think the big passion for me was I grew up spending a lot of time back, backpacking around Southeast Asia with my parents. And I really see Australia as situated within Asia, you know, we we do have obviously very strong historical connections to to Britain and even uh, with you know America in a kind of capitalist sense, but in a geographic sense, we're actually based within Asia, and so many of our community are from the diaspora as well. So I wanted to show, I was excited to show a different side of Australia on screen that we don't normally get to see, and a and a, a different side of Sydney, and elevate that 
world that we have, that neon, you know, gritty urban world uh, that we have in Sydney. So I would just be interested to hear your reaction. Well, my reaction is that uh, it's about time and it was great. It was really good to, to see. Uh, I mean, it's all very well to talk about the diverse box, but in actual fact, we are the change. You know, it's everybody. It's not we need a few characters that are um, from diverse backgrounds. Actually, everybody needs to be part of the narrative in the power relationship. And that's why it was really great that it was reversed. Yeah, and we also had lots of kick-ass female characters. Oh, yeah, them. and that's the other thing I, I didn't get to ask you about, but uh, the uh, actual uh, action sequences were very good. Great. Yeah, well, I mean, we covered the action sequences in different ways depending on the sort of emotional beat behind this fight. So some of the fights are more messy and dirty because they're like street fights that um, like people aren't good fighters. And then other fights are much more elegant because they're more controlled, they're in a dojo. Um, and then others are more kind of big cinematic fights because it's like high tension outdoors at night. You know, so there's a different feel to each fight just as there is a different feel to each sex scene as well. So I tried as much as possible to sort of create characterization in the way that the sex and the violence was also shown on screen. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. And it was very integrated. I thought that was really neat. And it was actually quite reminiscent of a Hong Kongese sort of approach. Uh, the other thing is it must have been great as a director to have so many elements to play with. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was hard work. Like, <laughs> But, yeah, no, I mean, I love, uh, I love directing um, and uh, it was great to really think about fight scenes in a different way and I hadn't worked with uh, an intimacy coordinator before so that's what we you have now when you do sex scenes so we had an amazing intimacy coordinator Shondell Pratt who I can't speak highly enough of who you know we would explain the reason behind the sex scenes and then she would sit with the actors and they would work through what their boundaries were and come up we would come up with the shapes that we wanted to see on screen and they would workshop that behind closed doors together and then I would come in as the director and we would modify it and then um, she was also on set to kind of re-establish that intimacy those boundaries before we shot in a closed set so that was a new experience for me and um, great to have those professionals to bounce off to you know protect cast but allow us to then push what we see on screen in a way that you feel ethical that you've created done this right by the by the cast and the crew. I better go. Cool. Oh, they won't let me ever talk to you again if we say Okay. It was so lovely to meet you. Yeah, you too. And good luck, eh? Thank you. Thanks, Annie. Yeah, and that's it for Showreel this week. Uh, we looked at Slant, which has got a, got a Q&A at uh, Nova tonight. And uh, the other was Suka, which uh, is being released on digital. Well, it's already released on digital. Yesterday it started. So you can uh, find it there in the uh, the streaming services uh, S-U-K-A coming up next is published or not and we'll go out with Summertonic Pop
been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.